Chapter eighteen of Chrome Yellow by Aldous Huxley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter eighteen. The nearest Roman Catholic church was upwards of twenty miles away. Ivor, who was punctilious in his devotions, came down early to breakfast and had his car at the door ready to start by a quarter to ten. It was a smart, expensive looking machine enameled of pure lemon yellow and upholstered in emerald green leather there were two seats three if you squeezed tightly enough and their occupants were protected from wind dust and weather by a glazed sedan that rose an elegant eighteenth-century hump from the midst of the body of the car mary had never been to a roman catholic service thought it would be an interesting experience and when the car moved off through the great gates of the courtyard she was occupying the spare seat in the sedan the sea-lion horn roared faintlier faintlier and they were gone in the parish church of crome mr bodiham preached on first kings six eighteen and the cedar of the house within was carved with knops a sermon of immediate local interest for the past two years the problem of the war memorial had exercised the minds of all those in crome who had enough leisure or mental energy or party spirit to think of such things henry wimbush was all for a library a library of local literature stocked with county histories old maps of the district monographs on the local antiquities dialect dictionaries handbooks of the local geology and natural history he liked to think of the villagers inspired by such reading making up parties of a sunday afternoon to look for fossils and flint arrowheads the villagers themselves favoured the idea of a memorial reservoir and water supply but the busiest and most articulate party followed mr bodiham in demanding something religious in character a second lichgate for example a stained-glass window a monument of marble or if possible all three so far however nothing had been done partly because the memorial committee had never been able to agree partly for the more cogent reason that too little money had been subscribed to carry out any of the proposed schemes every three or four months mr bodiham preached a sermon on the subject his last had been delivered in march it was high time that his congregation had a fresh reminder and the cedar of the house within was carved with knops mr bodiham touched lightly on solomon's temple from thence he passed to temples and churches in general what were the characteristics of these buildings dedicated to god obviously the fact of their from a human point of view complete uselessness they were unpractical buildings carved with knops solomon might have built a library indeed what could be more to the taste of the world's wisest man he might have dug a reservoir what more useful in a part city like jerusalem he did neither he built a house all carved with knops useless and unpractical why because he was dedicating the work to god there had been much talk in crome about the proposed war memorial a war memorial was in its very nature a work dedicated to god it was a token of thankfulness that the first stage in the culminating world war had been crowned by the triumph of righteousness it was at the same time a visibly embodied supplication that god might not long delay the advent which alone could bring the final peace a library a reservoir mr bodiham scornfully and indignantly condemned the idea 
these were works dedicated to man not to god as a war memorial they were totally unsuitable a lichgate had been suggested this was an object which answered perfectly to the definition of a war memorial a useless work dedicated to god and carved with knops one lichgate it was true already existed but nothing would be easier than to make a second entrance into the churchyard and a second entrance would need a second gate other suggestions had been made stained glass windows a monument of marble both these were admirable especially the latter it was high time that the war memorial was erected it might soon be too late at any moment like a thief in the night god might come meanwhile a difficulty stood in the way funds were inadequate all should subscribe according to their means those who had lost relations in the war might reasonably be expected to subscribe a sum equal to that which they would have had to pay in funeral expenses if the relative had died while at home further delay was disastrous the war memorial must be built at once he appealed to the patriotism and the christian sentiments of all his hearers henry wimbush walked home thinking of the books that he would present to the war memorial library if ever it came into existence he took the path through the fields it was pleasanter than the road at the first stile a group of village boys loutish young fellows all dressed in the hideous ill-fitting black which makes a funeral of every english sunday and holiday were assembled drearily guffawing as they smoked their cigarettes they made way for henry wimbush touching their caps as he passed he returned their salute his bowler and face were one in their unruffled gravity in sir ferdinando's time he reflected in the time of his son sir julius these young men would have had their sunday diversions even at crome remote and rustic crome there would have been archery skittles dancing social amusements in which they would have partaken as members of a conscious community now they had nothing nothing except mr bodiham's forbidding boys club and the rare dances and concerts organized by himself boredom or the urban pleasures of the county metropolis were the alternatives that presented themselves to these poor youths country pleasures were no more they had been stamped out by the puritans in manningham's diary for sixteen hundred there was a queer passage he remembered a very queer passage certain magistrates in berkshire puritan magistrates had had wind of a scandal one moonlit summer night they had ridden out with their posse and there among the hills they had come upon a company of men and women dancing stark naked among the sheepcoats the magistrates and their men had ridden their horses into the crowd how self-conscious the poor people must suddenly have felt how helpless without their clothes against armed and booted horsemen the dancers were arrested whipped jailed set in the stocks the moonlight dances never danced again what old earthy panic rite came to extinction here he wondered who knows perhaps their ancestors had danced like this in the moonlight ages before adam and eve were so much as thought of he liked to think so and now it was no more these weary young men if they wanted to dance would have to bicycle six miles to the town the country was desolate without life of its own without indigenous pleasures the pious magistrates had snuffed out forever a little happy flame that had burned from the beginning of time and as on tullia's tomb one lamp burned clear unchanged for fifteen hundred year he repeated the lines to himself and was desolated to think of all the murdered past End of chapter 18, 
Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.